Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to the EWN Podcast Network. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN Podcast hosts at EWNPodcastNetwork.com. Whether you are at the end of your rope, or have already let go and landed in a place you feel you can't get out, I will have you believing one thing. You can. In life, we get to make choices. You choose the life you want to live. You get to say how it's going to go. We can choose to create a life we love, or we can choose to suffer. You have a say in how your life is going to go. First, you have to face them, and we all need a little help from time to time doing that. Visit my site, fixandrise.com, and receive a complimentary motivational ebook today. Welcome to Women Who Triumph. On today's show, we have Lori Ann Reeves. Lori Ann will be speaking with us today about her childhood abuse and her infertility and getting pregnant and her marriage and why she does what she does today. Welcome to Women Who Triumph, Lori Ann. Well, thank you, Christine. I love being here and thank you for inviting me. You are the oldest of five, correct? I am. Yeah. You have two sisters. You have a sister and three brothers, and one of the uh, two brothers are twins, correct? That's true. Yes, they're yeah. the youngest. Yeah. yeah. Now, describe to us in your family um, the abuse that occurred, especially around dinner time, and what would happen and how that made you feel, and, you know, how it made the whole family of your siblings feel. <laughs> Okay, so um, my um, my folks were really weird about food, and um, if you didn't eat all your food, um, they could uh, spontaneously get extremely angry and loud, and they would uh, hold me down, and they would shove that food down my throat, uh, whether I liked it or not, and then there was this whole series of, of course, you can't swallow it enough, you're, you're fighting it, you're 
you're, you know, then you're running to the bathroom and you're up chucking. And then, of course, because you may may have not made it to the bathroom, then you're in trouble with some with physical abuse and yelling and screaming. And, um, you know, you just never knew when that was going to happen because it didn't happen every time. And uh, they made, the you know, the my siblings and I, uh, you know, just vigilant about everything that went on in the home. On edge. Now, what is your earliest memories of this happening, you know, to you or your, you know, your, you being the oldest of five, so I'm assuming you remember more than they do. Yeah, yeah. Um, So for me, um, my first clear memory, and actually I do think it's the first time that happened, um, as I've pieced all that together, is I was five. Um, And actually, it didn't happen to all my siblings, but I definitely had that first experience when I was five years old. Mm. Now, you you discussed earlier with me about, you know, at eight years old, you know, being feeling like you were the parent that you were responsible for the twins. And, you know, tell us about that and, you know, the responsibility that you felt and why you felt that you had to protect your, your twin brothers, you know, as, as a parent at eight years old. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, it was, um, so I was actually nine when that happened and okay. um, my brothers were born and my mother didn't go full term and she did not know she was having twins. My mother has, uh, she's uh, in today's world, she probably would have been diagnosed um, with some mental illness. And, um, so she didn't come home from the hospital before the kids did because uh, she had some type of mental break. And so she stayed longer. And so when the, uh, twins came home, my being the eldest, my dad had me up in the middle of the night feeding the kids. And from then on, she was even much more unstable, um, as they grew up. And so, being nine and being very aware of what potentially could happen. And I just, I think I made a decision at that age that I was going to be mom and I was going to make sure I was protecting them and as much as possible. So I really yeah. feel that was a, a, a crucial age for myself to take on that caretaker role. Absolutely. It sounds like she had possibly with the twins some postpartum depression. That's what it sounds like. She absolutely, she absolutely did. And in her history, there there are incidences that I think if they occurred today, it would have. She was predisposed to it for sure. Mm. Now, at the age of eleven, you finally had enough, and you stood up for yourself and siblings when your mom took a piece of wood and was, you know, beating you over the knees with it. Can you share that story? Yeah, with yeah, yeah. It, I, I, you know, we kind of took it for the longest time, and you know, back then, uh, most folks they were reporting to CPS and people mind their own business, and so um, we were on our own pretty much. And she and my dad kept us pretty isolated. And so, at uh, 11, 12 years old, um, there was an incident where I could hear her in the background. Uh, slapping the uh, the boys around, the twins, and then have another brother that's a little bit older. And I was washing dishes, and I was I mouthed off. I know I did, and said something to her about stopping it. And I'm sure I wasn't the nicest person in that at that point because I could hear what was going on. And while I was washing the dishes, I didn't hear her come up from behind me. And she had this thick piece of um, like a yardstick, but it was a real thick piece of wood. And she cracked me across the back of my knees and I hit the ground. 
um, instantly. And she was, um, you know, using that to beat me. And I, I don't know what came over me at that point, but it was like I had had enough. And I got up and I uh, pulled the piece of wood away from her. I broke it across my knee. I shoved her up against the pantry door. And I remember holding the ragged edge to her throat and just with real uh, stern meanness and say, you will never hit us again, ever, any of us. And um, it was a turning point in terms of the physical abuse uh, stopping in the family and uh you know i thought my younger brothers were crying and and thinking that we're all in trouble and i remember taking them for a walk and going to the corner store and coming back and my dad had come home and nothing was ever said um and so the the emotional and you know yelling and screaming emotional abuse didn't stop but the physical abuse did stop at that point and you know, who knows what they thought, but I'm sure um, I frightened myself, my siblings and them. And, yeah. But it was um, an incident that did turn some things around. Yeah. Now, your parents, you mentioned, you know, were both abusive to each other. Yes, they were. Um, oh, gosh. Again, all that kind of went on until about age um, 11 or 12. It all kind of uh, was happening during that time. They it wasn't like my dad uh, having domestic violence with my dad just beating on my mom. They actually, they were about the same size. They weren't very big people. They were under five, five, both of them. And they just would throw each other around when they got mad at each other. And I remember my dad chasing her down the hall one time and beating on her. And that happened quite a few times and, and her just pushing him and hitting him and knocking him down. So they were, um, they were quite a pair. Um, now, now normally, you know, when, you know, you have that abuse that goes into the family, you know, your parents abusing one another, child abuse, was that happening? Do you feel at, at their childhood, they seen their parents doing the same thing? Cause you know, a lot of times that cycle goes round and round. Right. Right. And, um, I, I truly believe um, there was some of that going on on my mother's side of the family. Mm. Uh, you know, people don't talk about those things back then, but I'm not so sure that happened on my dad's side of the family. My mm. grandfather, um, my paternal grandfather died very young, and so I don't remember that. Now, my grandmother, she was a little person, so she, mm. you know, she could have hit her um, kids, but I, I don't have any information on that. On that now, now when you like went to school, and I know you know you said you know back then, you know the mm-hmm. bruises and things. Did anyone ever ask about you know a possible bruise that they saw? You know, a teacher, a friend, anyone like that? No, 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 no one ever said anything ever. So now, how old were you when you finally started telling your story? Oh, well, this part of the story, um, mm-hmm. actually, I don't, uh, I, I was quite, um, I probably, you know, definitely told my um, spouse when I first got married, and mm-hmm. but to say publicly that I've been talking about that, probably in the last five, uh, probably eight years, close to mm-hmm. eight to 10 years. Okay. Now, you left home at 22 and went to college, and um, ironically. 
ironically enough, you became your career. Tell us a little bit about the college and, like I said, your career that you went into. Yeah, I um, it really interesting. I actually went away at 18 for my first year, and then I came back home. And looking back now, um, I truly believe I came back home because I didn't feel good about leaving my siblings there. And I commuted back and forth and got my undergrad degree in textile science and then went to work for a while. But after that, I went back and got a master's degree and I had a private practice as a marriage and family therapist. And of course, that doesn't surprise many people when they know my story, um, how I ended up uh, being a marriage and family therapist. Yeah, that uh, that wasn't surprising when I first heard it, too. It's like, no, nope, not surprised with that at all. Now, tell us a bit, <laughs> bit about, you know, your uh, infertility, the things you had to go to to for your, you know, for finally your son, uh, you know, what you had to go through to become pregnant with your son. Yeah, um, you know, uh, infertility was not an issue on either side of the family. And so I was the oldest of five. I had you know, first cousins, the six people in one family. So it's not something I ever thought would happen, but I um, um, got into my late twenties and realized that, you know, I just wasn't getting pregnant. I, I, I had not been on birth control for a long time. And so um, back, my son is 27 now. A lot of things that I went through back then are pretty much normal now for women that are going through infertility. And um, so it took me about five years to conceive him and it and then I got a little cocky and I thought I could do it again but the second baby never came um I did three rounds of IVF the first time and um I conceived on the third one lots of experimental drugs um on the second uh, time when I didn't get a second baby, I did another round of IVF and then Baylor I live in the Houston area Baylor came over and did an experimental thing, but now they do it all the time. They actually uh, took a needle, extracted the sperm, and, and uh, took the needle and put it into the egg. And um, the first time they did that, uh, the, the first time and the second time they did that, it didn't work. It was very experimental back then. Um, and so I have a healthy, wonderful 27-year-old son, and uh, so I'm grateful for that. Uh, kids are wonderful they're amazing and grandkids love grandkids they're just amazing now tell us a little bit about uh, your divorce Uh, you were married twice and the second time you were married for 30 years tell us what Uh, happened there I was married once I've been married once Christine and I you know yeah yeah I, I don't know what that was. Sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Um, gosh, I don't know um, whoever this uh, other one is, but no, I'm only teasing. <laughs> uh, I um, met some, I, when I graduated from um, college, I got a, my first job uh, out in uh, Toledo, Ohio, and uh, met someone out there. And uh, within a year, he and I uh, got married. And one of the things, uh, traits he had that was so important to me. He just had this kind nature to him. And, you know, I really fell in love with that. And um, we moved to Texas after getting uh, married. And we were married for um, over 30 years. And, um, you know, we had our ups and downs, but we a lot of our marriage was really, really good. So when the end came, it was somewhat of a big surprise to me. Um, 
he had gotten a big promotion. Uh, he was overseas for a short time, and I was going back and forth commuting um, and having my private practice and doing some of it on um, online while I was over there. And uh, knowing he'd come back with, with within less than 24 months, but he met someone else there, and I felt like um, I had entered a novella on Telemundo, and this person that I knew, um, gosh, uh, no longer knew. And uh, he, uh, so we ended up divorcing over that. He ended up marrying her um, within two weeks after the divorce and really shocked not only myself, but my son, his family, my family, um, just out of character. But I guess, you know, the lesson there is you never know. And um, you know, him being away, we saw each other pretty often. I, we were no more than four weeks apart, uh, when he was over there and knew he was coming home. So there was something I, I truly believe that I chose not to see at the beginning. And of course I have my responsibility in that. And, uh, but I think for him, there was just, uh, something about being over there that, uh, let loose a lot of his demons and, uh, Unfortunately, uh, we're no longer married. Mm, sorry about that. Now, is there anything else you would like that you have not shared, have never told, like to, you know, to get off your chest? Is, you know, is there anything else? Because mm. I always say this is a very safe zone. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm trying to think. I, you know, um, Well, my, my grandparents were probably, uh, well, they weren't probably, they were a little, uh, they were, ooh, let me say this right, they were inappropriate with um, my sister and I and um, sexually inappropriate and, um, but, you know, that did last a, a few years and then we didn't know and then we took, we, we were young, but we told each other and then that stopped because mm-hmm. I said something to them, my grandparents. And um, so, yeah, that would be the the thing that um, I've told this to people, but I don't know if we discussed it in our first interview. So that no. would be, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that would be, and that was, those were my, uh, my mother's side of the family. And, and, how, um, and how old were you and your sister? My sister's two years younger than I am. So okay. I am saying um, some of this happened, um, probably between the ages of seven and 10. And when, um, yeah, seven and 10. Yeah. Now, Lorianne, what is one word that describes you and why? Ah, uh, the first word that just came to my mind is, um, you know, I'm very generous um, with, a lot of what I do, and I don't mean generous giving uh, my business away, but just generous in the moment. And I'm a big self, um, I'm a problem solver because I learned that very young. I had to um, get on my feet and learn how to problem solve. And so, but my, I have gener- generosity of, of spirit, and uh, I really like that about myself. And, um, you know, I, I love sharing with others. Yeah, I can see that when we met for the first time. 
uh, well, it seems like over a month ago, but it was just a couple weeks ago, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, even though we've spoken, we hadn't met physically, so yeah. Yes, right. <laughs> but I, I still tell you, you, I feel like I've known you forever. I feel like you're my best friend. Uh, now, if the young girls that are out there that's, uh, you know, or young men or young boys that was that's going through at the same age as you and your siblings were going through, what would you tell them today? Oh, well, t- tell someone, tell someone, a teacher, uh, a neighbor there, you know, the, the laws are um, more protective. They're still not perfect, but they're much more protective. And when I first started my um, private practice, I did work for Children's Protective Services at, uh, through another agency. And I started seeing some of that. But, you know, tell, tell somebody, um, don't wait, um, don't say something to your folks or whoever it is. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can say no. A lot of times when we're real young, we, we don't know that. But right. we're teaching our kids now to be uh, able to say something with inappropriate touch, physical abuse. I think uh, folks that are going through more the emotional, psychological abuse because there's nothing physical going on think they don't have it as bad. But I disagree with that. I think it can play a real number on you as you get an adult be an adult and yeah, there's a lot of work that. to do yeah yeah, yeah. so i said you know i always say tell me watch your words because you never children are so uh vulnerable and they you know they i, I say they're like a sponge at, at you know yeah. young ages and you know what is said or done or anything you know that goes into their adulthood you know, and everything. absolutely, they kind of forget how valuable they are when they're right. they, they go through all that. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Now, the name of your company, one of your company, you came. No, excuse me, your company is Money Mindset Expert, Money and Business Strategist. You have a niche with that. Can you tell us a huh? little bit, a little bit about that, and also huh. how we can get a hold of you if the listeners want to get a hold of you and connect with you? Absolutely. Um, so since you already know my history about being a therapist over the years, I've built uh, quite a uh, decent private practice and I started coaching other therapists. And um, But then I went on to do some uh, work with uh, people like Boeing and Wells Fargo and McDonald's on the corporate level with executive coaching and also um, work with teams and, and managers. And then... Uh, when my um, divorce occurred, I, I'd been an entrepreneur almost all my life. Um, uh, my grandparents were entrepreneurs. I, I grew up in their businesses. I worked their businesses. Uh, I had jobs with them. And then uh, so what's happened because of that, I have known um, the importance of uh, having uh, money flow in your business uh, so I've combined my uh, work with uh, being an entrepreneur, coaching, and therapy. And I, what I love to say is that it's all about the intersection of business strategy, coaching, and therapy, uh, psychological awareness, where you get the most success the quickest. And um, what I, uh, my folks are, my clients are smart, they're successful, sometimes they're streetwise, and uh, I help them double their sales and get themselves out of their own way. So you can see how I blended 
all, all the things I do well um, into that. And money, because money isn't everything, but money touches everything in our businesses. I have um, focused on that because money is the one subject that will show an entrepreneur psychologically where they are probably not as strong as they need to be. Um, people that are afraid to ask for, ask for the sale, um, how to price, price yourself because you don't value yourself. So all that plays in, into the entrepreneurial spirit. And so I help my clients get over their blocks that they've got kinked up inside of them. And when we get that cleared, we always do it along with business strategy because you don't want to wait. But we get that cleared. There's just this rush of creativity that comes through for them. And we can really uh, deep dive into the business strategy and grow a six-figure, multi-six-figure and move on to seven figures for them. So that's in a nutshell what I do. Now, how can they get a hold of you? Do you, your website, phone number, uh, email? Yeah, all of it. So you can reach me at com. You can email me at Laurie, uh, com, And I'll give you my uh, number also, 281-381-9270. And if you go to the website, I have this uh, money quiz that you can take, and it in, uh, is eight or ten questions, and you will get a report on how you view money. And it will show you maybe where you don't value yourself or where maybe you hung up and how you view money and how that may be affecting your income, your profit, or your sales, or all three. So hmm. you're welcome to come and do that. Thank you so much, Lorianne. Lorianne is uh, Lorianne is also a premier coach with uh, eWomen Network, so we're honored to have her with the organization and being a premier coach. Um, and we know Sandra doesn't hire, doesn't have but the best. So Lorianne is one of the best. And Lorianne, thank you so much for being on Women Who Triumph. And I look forward to continuing our friendship and you know supporting each other and growing. Yeah, thank you, Christine, for having me. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I look forward to it. Whether you are at the end of your rope or have already let go and landed in a place you feel you can't get out, I will have you believing one thing. You can. In life, we get to make choices. You choose the life you want to live. You get to say how it's going to go. We can choose to create a life we love or we can choose to suffer. You have a say in how your life is going to go. First, you have to face them, and we all need a little help from time to time doing that. Visit my site, fixandrise.com, and receive a complimentary motivational ebook today.
round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.